Hello. Hello. My name is Abby. My name is Tori. And welcome to Go More Girls. Join us today in Scares Hollow. Where <laughs> what are we talking about? You have I a different story know. than me. I do have a story, yeah. <laughs> I have I have one story. It's have- also poorly researched, just like last time, but that's just yeah. how I roll. So is mine because I did it last minute and I forgot and then a lot. Of... <laughs> I just like to wing it. And then today was like, oh my God, I got to do research. <laughs> well, I was reading through everything. It's just, but the thing is, is I, I read through everything. I watch videos. I'm like, oh, cool. This is really interesting. Um, and then And then if I try to make a note about it, my brain deflates and I can't like, plan out or or I start like putting notes about it and I do have a note but it's so chaotic and then like trying to like organize the notes so that way it makes sense for me to like talk about it that part does not work well with my brain so I prefer to just you know throw a disclaimer out there that I might have some information incorrectly (laughs) and you can just research it yourself (laughs) and I'll just talk about what I think I found out (laughs) We just talk about whatever is on here. Yeah, I don't have Reddit story. I have a different story. I think you'll be, I, mean, I don't know. I think you'll be intrigued. It kind of fits with our podcast theme, kind of doesn't. I, yeah. Um. Anyways, I don't know. I don't think there's anything new. <laughs> no. No, not new. really. Okay. How's Oscar? Oh, I see him sleeping. Yeah, I think he's depressed. I'm not going to lie. Why? He keeps giving me sad puppy dog faces. And like, like we're still working on like, you know, the house training cues of like where he wants, where he like, he needs to go outside. He needs to tell me in a certain way. But he doesn't know how to tell me in a way that I fully understand. So we did have an accident in the house today. Um, Aww. yeah, and then like putting him to bed breaks my heart because he looks so sad going in his crate. He absolutely hates the crate. He like literally will stand there shaking, looking at me with the saddest face ever because he just wants to sleep on the couch. And Billy keeps saying like, well, if you let him like stay out of the crate, like, he's probably going to bark. Like you don't know what he's going to do because he's not well, trained. But you never know unless you try. And no, they, and they can I just, be trained yeah. outside of crate. Well, I just the only reason we were going, I was going along with the crate training is because I thought he was already crate trained when we got him. Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't seem to be crate trained. He just, it, you just, I just keep having to put him in a crate. Yeah. So he won't, he won't even go in his crate like to get his food or anything. If I put his toys in there, he doesn't go get them. Like he avoids the crate. He hates it. I have to physically carry him over to it. And he he just he, he just looks at me like even when it's not even bedtime, he'll just like look at me with like the saddest little puppy dog face ever. And it's not I hate it. I want him to be a happy puppy and I don't know how to I don't know if it's him missing the the home he came from. I don't like he's not eating like I said, so we're going to have to I think it'll I think yeah. things just take time. Well, because like the like the temperature here completely different. He was, you know, That's around cool. other animals. He was in a house around other animals, <clears throat> and now he's not. And then I take him to my parents' house, and so he's like confused about why he's there and I'm not. And then I come home for lunch, and he's all excited and wants to hang out with me. But I'm eating, so I have to say no, get away from me. You can't sit up here with me because I'm eating. And then I leave because I'm only there for you know, less than the hour that I have for my lunch. And then I come back and I pick him up. And then depending on which shift I work, it's bedtime. And then he's all sad and I don't know what to do, but. I think, I think things just get time. It's when we. Adjustment for him, for sure. When we, uh, Casey was younger, we used to put him in the crate when he and she would just howl, obviously, and mm-hmm. cry. But eventually, I don't know, we just let her out the crate. 
because you trust the dog as they get older, right? Yeah, but I think you really love going on a really long walk with Casey the other day. Like, we don't really do really long walks here because I don't no. want to <laughs> take him along the road. And, like, I just haven't taken him for a long walk at mom and dad's yet or anything. Do you, does your dad take him for a walk? Mm, not the kind of walk. Like, the kind of walk that we went on together was, like, the closest thing he's been to a long walk here because like we'll walk up and around the yard like there's a decent amount of space for him to walk around the yard but there's still like I'm constantly trying to pull him away from the fields and everything because I'm like no you can't go in the fields no you can't go on the road no stay away from that bush because there's birds in it like get away from that cat poop like (laughs) cat poop yeah they're well because the barn cats they just go wherever right and then he's like ooh yay a snack and it's gross Uh you know (laughs) Well, I, I, I think he'll just, I, I think he'll just take time, really. I might, I don't know. I'm, I am debating on just, like, look at him. He's sleeping. Like, whenever I, whenever I do leave the house, like, if I'm outside for, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes trying to light that stupid wood stove, he's on the couch the whole time just waiting for me to come back. (laughs) He hasn't really done anything yet. I might just let him sleep on the like even even the night that we slept at mom and dad's like he just stayed beside me in bed all night that i know of like he didn't do anything i so. think he should just try it without the crate i might just because billy's not honestly here to it's he won't it, like unless you don't know like like we don't know I really don't want him to destroy anything. Like, we're scared he's going to chew on our dining set or, or something. And, like, he has, like, tried to, like, chew the couch a little bit. So we're yeah. a little nervous about him being too much of a puppy. And also his, like, habit of, like, pottying everywhere, right? Oh, so, yeah. Because, right. like, we're still trying to make sure he's actually house trained. Because, you know, he it was seemingly not... But I don't know. He might, if I get up early enough, he might not do anything. Well, he still has the puppy mind. He does. With Casey, she chewed a lot of things. (laughs) That was not bad. (laughs) It's been a while since he last went out to pee, too. So I might have to wake him up just to take him out for one last pee, which will suck because it's so dark out. I don't like staying there in the night. Well, not mm. when it's fully dark. <laughs> it scares me. <laughs> not, not fun. I was convinced. Oh, okay, so last night I was messaging Billy. I'm like, this house is haunted for sure. Because I was sitting. So I had the little a space heater that you gave me plugged in. Yeah. And I was sitting there watching videos on my phone, TikTok, YouTube, whatever it was. <laughs> and I swore I like I didn't register that it was a weird thing to be hearing because I was home alone yeah but I thought I heard somebody watching tv in another room and there isn't another room I was like there's only one tv exactly but I was like I swear somebody's upstairs watching tv right now because you heard the sound of tv it just that yeah just that like cacophony of sound that like is like you know a tv with like a laugh track and stuff playing in the background like that busy sound of like a tv in another room that's what i heard and i was like wait a minute and i didn't know if it was just like the sounds of like the space heater plus my videos and everything like wait you know messing with my ears yeah because like you know my attention was like in different spots and stuff but then but then I'm upstairs and I swear I like I'm climb, I'm climbed in bed Oscar's in bed I'm trying to get Ellie to come snuggle and I swear I hear like a blah sound like a, like just like a like as if a man specifically a man had gone like like you know when you like start to burp and it doesn't come out as a burp and you just kind of go like Whoa. yeah that's what I heard Oh I'm like, God. oh God, the ghosts are gassy. <laughs> like, what I'm did like, that? Oh, the ghosts are, I'm like, the ghosts are burping. And I honestly do think it was the pipes now that I've like, you know, 
thinking about it. Well, what did no, Billy when I say? First, he's like the he's like there's no one there, and I'm like, no, there's someone here. Well, when he would know. I mean, he's been there longer. Yeah, but he's not here to tell me that there's no one else here. When I got home yesterday, the garage door was open. Oh, he's too weak. He's I know. Oh, there you go. I'm like, the garage door was open and the motion activated light was on. So I'm like, okay, well, this is where I die. And so I made Billy stay on the phone with me. And as I like searched the entire house just to see if, you know, just in case I found somebody here. <laughs> well, you know, that movie, The Last House on the Left, but you're not, your house is not on the left or the last. I didn't watch that movie. Oh. I think I've heard of something it. like that. <laughs> It'll be scary. It's scary. Okay, then I'm probably never going to watch it. But yeah, I was like, oh, the ghosts are messing with me hardcore today. Once I, like, paused my video and I, like, listened harder, I was like, I was like, okay, so it's clearly not a TV, but it's I straight up thought it was a TV. It's not a TV. It's something scarier. Can you not? Uh. <laughs> okay. okay. You go first today. Okay, I'll go first. And I'll send you some pictures because I just, it's still on my screen. And I'll just send oh. you pictures as I go. Wow. Um, Look at him. <laughs> where? Oh. What is he doing? Being a sad puppy face. Oh. And you can't hear me, Cuddy. No, I've got headphones on. <laughs> you could just say Oscar, like screaming. <laughs> she says Oscar. <laughs> He's like, what? I think you've got boogers. He's got like a drippy nose. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, he does look sad. Right? Like, he just... Maybe he needs a companion. He needs a dog friend. Oh, I don't know. Should I get him? <laughs> Should I get him a pet? No. Well, maybe not right now until you kind of train him first. <laughs> I know. I know. He did lay down for me finally on the couch. <laughs> like, like, we were sitting on the couch together and he... Ow, dude. Pulling up my headphones. We, like... He he was doing good on the couch, but for some reason I can't get him to do it when we're on the floor. Oh, maybe he's Are we going to have to go outside one more time before? Have to... You tell me. <laughs> like he just stands there shaking. That maybe he's just cold. It's cold know. in the house. Well, I've got the heated blanket on me. He probably wants it. You could share that heated blanket. All right, I'm gonna start. Okay. Okay, so my story is called Several's Hospital. Okay. Um, the sites I use is US Ghost Adventures, the lineup, Wikipedia, of course, and glupa.co.uk. It's not really a ghost story, kind of. I don't know. It's. I was going to do um, a cult, but it was so long that I just don't want to. I don't blame you. So this We kind of have to dedicate those long ones as like a single episode. Eh? I would probably do it as a double episodes if I did the cult, but it wasn't. I didn't have enough time to research and put it together. Um, yeah. So this hospital is located in Colchester, Exit, Essex, England. Wait, hold on. It is managed by North Essex Partnership University and HS Foundation Trust. What is he doing? Oh, Oscar. You yeah. can hear him. Drink yeah. the water. Oh. Um, several hospital was a psychiatric hospital. Where is Oscar, wait, where are you going? Do you have to go out? Do we have to pause? We might have to, because if when in doubt, take Oscar out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, he, he was going towards Billy's old bedroom, which to me, he goes in there to he goes in there to make his messes. So, oh, me, that's kind of my sign that maybe we gotta run out to the grass real fast. Do you have to go outside? Do you have to go out? Um. Okay, I'm gonna hit the pause out? button. Sure. Yeah, I'm not gonna make him wait. So okay. I'm gonna hit the pause button on the recording. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Am I on that? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, I sent you a picture of the hospital. Yeah. Just some picture. Well, one okay. picture. It's really run down. Sorry if you guys can hear Oscar licking his paws. That's okay. Can is it like super loud? It probably is. No, I I can't hear it anyway. Okay. That's all I hear. I <laughs> Uh, okay. I just sent you a couple pictures of what it may look like. Uh, oh, what it might look like. Hate the hallway. Yeah. Hate the hallway. So, um, the hospital at uh, several hospital, I don't know if we have to, I might. Several hospital was designed by Frank Whitmore and William Town using an Ecolon. I think that's how you pronounce it, formation layout. It's a pavilion blocks with large corridors interconnection the building to prevent staff and patient ever needing to go outside. So never, never go outside, ever. Um, the asylum, asylum opened in May of 1913. It covers 300 acre site and uh, windows is pierced with corridors that link these buildings. Initially, the windows frames had no glass, exposing the passageway to the elements. One former nurse said that the bats haunted the nooks and crannies of these open airspace, often startling the orderlies, causing them to run screaming down the hall. Um, nurses' home was extended, and the whole facility was renamed the Access. Colchester Mental Hospital in the 1930s. It accommodated about 2,000 patients. Patients and staff were originally separated by gender. So, apparently, yeah, well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, yeah, in 19, pretty common. In, 19, in August 1942, oh, um, oh, I skipped that part. And, oh, right here. Um, the patients of several hot asylum was varied background and history. Some displayed characteristics of mental illness, such as depression, psychosis, and mania. Uh, there may be people sent to the asylum who suffer from other illness, such as autism, suicidal feelings, and schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. Yeah, schizophrenia. Um, and then there's 80% of soldiers were sent there after World War I. Uh, not all people admitted to the asylum had mental illness, and some patients entered the asylum perfectly healthy, but were turned mad by the environment. Um, and then it says here, um, and then, so, sorry, uh, in the 1950s, psychiatrists experimented with new treatment at the hospital using practices that are now considered inhumane as frontal lobotomies. Lobotomies, lobotomies. Yeah, those were pretty common back in the day. Yeah. Most of the patients were completely healthy, admitted by their own families or friends for non-medical reasons. In her book... Madness in its place. Narrative of several several's hospital. Diana Gitz wrote that often women were admitted by their own family, sometimes as the result of bearing legitimate children, or because they were they had been raped, as they would not allow or were unable to carry out daily tasks. They were considered to be insane, and some were even subjected to electro convulsive therapy and lobotomy. Mm. Oh, that is crazy. 
Yeah. So she was like saying in her like it's like a tell-all book saying like none of these people were actually sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of them. Well, well so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because back then it's also I guess you can't be unwed. Well, I guess these. Well, like I was like when you were starting starting to talk about it, like even like epilepsy was seen as. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like our witch trial conversation, right? How they like. They were deemed like at the hand of the devil or whatever, because um, they uh, they they would have like convulsions and stuff like that. Yeah, and halluc um hallucinations hallucinations yeah. Um. So some. So this one side that I got, I guess he has sort of a personal experience from the hospital. And so she, he said, I'll never forget one story of a lady who the benefit of the immunity will call Sarah. Sarah was perfectly normal 17-year-old girl who made the mistake of falling pregnant in the 1940s to an unknown man out of wedlock and under 18. Her family was so embarrassed that she was placed, placed in the asylum to keep her story away from friends and family. People were told that she had turned mad. In fact, she was perfectly healthy. Her child was removed from her as soon as he was born and given up for adoption. She never saw him again. Sarah, so the parents thought that it was less shameful for her to have gone crazy than for her to have gotten pregnant out of wedlock as a 17-year-old? Yep. Yeah. Okay, got it. Sound logic, mom and dad. Well, yeah. Because uh, one of those things is going to be... Well, there, yeah, they were embarrassed because she was out of wedlock. and you know, Which, you know, that was a huge scandal for the time and probably for some people still is. But, you know, one of those things was going to be hereditary and genetic. And the other thing is just, you know, only happened to her. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> anyway. Continue. Can you imagine if that was what it is now that would be a lot of people would be in the asylum <laughs> yeah um so she never saw him again sarah left in the environment and suffering deeply from grief slowly began to develop mental illness as she fell into a spiral of deep depression and would spend the rest of her life in mental health institutions uh that's it. Uh, evidence showed that there were regular complaints from the hospital management of being unable to recruit enough staff. As a result, patients were often confined to their beds and sedated with paraldehyde, para I think it's called. Paraldehyde? Yeah, that's it. In an attempt to keep them quiet and ease pressure off staff, especially in the case of the, in the 1940s. Um. And then this one says, I was recently contacted by a former trainee at the hospital. I was a student at several between 1971 to 73 and still correspond with a couple of friends from that time. I am interested in psychiatry and several in particular. I find that many of the comments about treatments were correct at that time. In the 1950s, apparently some very dubious practice occurred, but that changed under Russell Barton. Unfortunately, he had moved to the U.S. just before I arrived in several, so I never met him, but I had some dealings with Richard Fox. In the early 1970s, treatments at several had, was at least as good in some cases, a lot better than other hospitals in the same size and type. That doesn't mean it was perfect, but the nursing staff worked with very humane with the patients and definitely tried to make sure they were all treated. You can quote me on that. Uh, many of the people who lived at Sarles did so for 30 plus years and had absolutely no contact with the outside world. Although it should have been said that this was a choice of patients' families not to make contact, not Sarles. No letters, no telephone calls, no cards. The longer they stayed in the into, into institution, the more mentally ill they became. 
it so they was a work. vicious cycle and then yeah you said they weren't allowed to go outside no that's probably why can you imagine yeah you yeah. need like the air in the outside world <laughs> Well, also, like, I'm pretty sure there's a reason lobotomies are no longer used. I know. Uh, my mom, we should do the, the guy that invented lobotomies. That's a good story. Oh, talk about him. Yeah, we mm-hmm. could. What if it's a woman? Just kidding. It wouldn't be because women weren't allowed to have jobs back then. Women wouldn't think to do that. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, they don't... Uh... This one says, my mother told me this story about a lady called Dorothy was a patient at Severals Hospital for many years. Dorothy suffered from mental illness and had a habit of biting other patients and staff. This was dealt with by surgically removing all Dorothy's teeth. Oh, Dorothy. Two residents of Severals of where patients fell in love. Doctors at the hospital decided that it was too risky to allow a couple to have a baby as it would probably be born mad. The response was from the the response was for the medical staff to subject the lady to a hysterectomy to prevent her from having a child. This wasn't an uncommon practice at the time. My own aunt, who was blind from the age of three, was told by her family around the 1940s that she was only allowed to marry her husband if she agreed to have hysterectomy as her family decided that it would be unsafe to, for her to have children. Oh, rude. I didn't read. It's the blind. Well, would it go tonight? No, I don't know. I don't know, to be your honest. Kid? Maybe there, maybe it's possible that there's like a genetic thing with it, but also I don't think it's likely that if you're blind, like it depends on what made you blind. Like if there's like some sort of like autoimmune thing or whatever that caused you to go blind, then maybe that would be like the real reason. But if you just like have an accident and go blind or, Uh, you know, if it's not in the family to begin with, I don't know. There's even like stories back then where I heard that they did the hysterectomy without even the woman knowing about it. Have you ever heard of the husband stitch? Huh? Have you ever heard of the husband stitch? No. What is that? Um, This doesn't sound fun. (laughs) It's not. So basically when you have a baby and you get torn, um, some husbands will request it, but also I've heard of stories where doctors will do it for the husband's benefit without any, without being asked. They add an extra stitch to make you close you up tighter than you make, make it a smaller opening basically than it was previously. (laughs) Make it a tighter. It just goes tighter. (laughs) But it's excruciating for the woman. Like, it's, they I never know. recover from it. Like, it's not. Yeah. It hurts like a B word. <laughs> well. Oh, my God. I never heard of that. I I kept stumbling across that side of TikTok for some reason. And, like, I was, like, immediately terrified. <laughs> because, like, there were a lot of comments of women being, like, like it was like that doctor who like you know basically like he he cusses and he says like you know this is what you sound like when you go to the ER room or whatever ow Oscar yeah um sorry what are you doing Oscar he punched me in the face and he biting me what are you doing um so another story she told me was a lady we call Liz Liz suffer from ticks, the kind we associate now with Tourette syndrome. Uh, Liz would make a clicking noise with her tongue against the roof of her mouth, and this would become more frequent when she was scared or stressed. The health service way of dealing with this was to cut off her tongue to stop her from making the noise. That's a really mild symptom of Tourette's. <sighs> I know, because there's, there's one 
person that I watch on on TikTok. I think is that that well, is that that young blonde like college yeah, girl? That That's girl. exactly what I was thinking of. He yells and screams and says words. Yeah, <laughs> like she'll just well, like there's a couple who I've seen. I don't remember their names. But oh, like, I I only see the girl, the long haired girl, and she's younger. There's one with like black hair who has Tourette's that I've seen, and then there's one who has the blonde hair, and that's the first person who I thought of. Um, but they both have similar symptoms with their Tourette's, where they'll just like, you know, like whatever phrase they have in their head. Yeah. They like the one girl will go like a beetroot, <laughs> a beetroot. <laughs> just randomly or like they'll like you know someone will they'll be like you know f your mom or whatever just like to whoever the one girl like the blonde girl who we both thought of she like is in the middle of class and is just like passing out because she her tics make her hold her breath and like oh like clicking your tongue is a really mild symptom so, and then it says uh, the, this sort of treatment seems almost impossible now, yet was occurring just 70 years ago. Mm. Uh, that's insane. Yeah. Can you just um, cutting her? Like, that's the solution, cutting her tongue out. Yeah. Like, th- that's not going to stop the Tourette's. She'll just find another tick. I or know. she'll be so unsatisfied. That like, means- that would have driven her crazy further. Like, and the, you the can't compulsion. Talk you use your tongue no, you wouldn't to be able to talk. She would. She wouldn't be able to talk. She wouldn't. I don't even know if how she how she would have been eating. Cause yeah, I guess yeah, because you move your tongue around to eat. Anyway, um, so we're done with the lobotomies in nineteen oh, in, in nineteen in August of nineteen forty two. The hospital was bombed by the Luftwaffe. I think it's called. Three 500 pounds bomb were dropped on the west wing of the hospital, and 38 patients were killed. Many were buried in Colchester Crematorium. Immediately after the bombing, a 21 year old nurse of the hospital, Muriel Jackson, attempted to save patients and was able to direct doctors to the injured using a torch. I'm almost done. I think I yeah, read I'm listening. Them. I just gotta keep the baby busy. Oh yeah, it's alright. Uh, I think I'm. Wait, where am I now? You I see his little bone in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there's a hole in his mouth. A little bone in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> like that is the hole in your mouth. <laughs> He's playing with a Nyla bone. It's a bacon flavored one. And I was on Amazon and I saw like a roast beef like flavored one. Um, I think uh, I lost my place. You said done with lobotomies in 1947. Oh, right. They got bombed. Uh, and then a 21 year old nurse. I have three more. Um, whatever. In the early 1980s, hospital went to a state of decline. Most of the hospital closed in the 1990s, and the last remaining section was finally shut down in 1997. Today, urban explorers report hearing female screams coming from the old structure, full-bodied apparitions, brightly colored orbs, and also common places at the hospital. That's it. <laughs> so it's being haunted now. Wait, well, so is the building still being I run? Really, I couldn't really find. It it's says it's a haunted hospital, but I couldn't really find like stories from the after, like the yeah. after. So wait, is it being run now as a hospital? No, it's, it's it closed down nineteen ninety seven. And what is? What is, is it just like an empty building? Yeah, it's literally okay. an empty building. Empty okay. building of craziness. Yeah, that's it for me. Okay. Well, he's distracted, I think. So hopefully I'll be able to tell that story. Um, I'm not even really sure, like, how, 
how to fully like explain my story. So my my story is about um, the murder of Gary Lowers Lowers okay. um, in Northport, New York, on June nineteenth in nineteen eighty four. Um, he was uh, just a seventeen year old kid. And he was murdered by uh, Ricky Casso. Ricky okay. Casso was also a 17-year-old kid. And he they were friends. Uh, Ricky had the nickname The Acid King. And um, on the night of uh, Gary's murder, um, it was during the Satanic Panic. And he were uh, basically... They, okay, so one thing I read said that he was lured into the woods. The other thing said that they went into the woods together, and there was four people there. Okay. Three, three people plus plus Gary. Um, and basically, there was a lot of drugs being done, um, PCP. And then what did they call the... They, they, they determined it was probably just LSD, um, but they, they kept calling it something else. I forget. Um, they called it, the tablets were called purple microdots. I can't remember. I'd never heard of it before. It was like Melkaline or something, or I, I, don't, I don't know. But essentially, it was probably LSD. So PCP and LSD were like the main thing. Yeah. They were doing. And um, they had like a disagreement, I guess, in the forest. And and Ricky was like an odd guy. He, um, there was a Rolling Stones article written about him. And oh. which I'm trying to find. I thought I had it open. But the, the Rolling Stones article about him had a bunch of different people talking about um, talking about his uh, personality, basically, like what they knew of him. And one of them called, well, it wasn't the guy calling Ricky this. It was basically like he, it was this 21-year-old guy. I, I lost the article. I thought I had it saved in my <laughs> Um, they called him a veteran dirtbag. Oh, and um, Oscar, can you not look? At my <laughs> they called him a veteran dirtbag, and the murder happened in the woods a block away from the childhood home of Brendan B. Brown, who yeah. grew up to write the song "Teenage Dirtbag." So if you didn't know, Teenage Dirtbag was based off of the murder of Gary Lowers done by Ricky Casso um, during the Satanic Panic in 1984. Yeah, so there's a dark past behind Teenage Dirtbag. Um, and um, the... The murder itself was basically done as a satanic sacrifice, is what they kind of. I know. I'm sorry. Um, is what they, <laughs> I didn't realize how for how it had been. Okay. okay. So the. <laughs> so the. Okay, I want to tell my story, and I don't want to have to edit too much. <laughs> okay. So the murder itself was done as like a satanic. Um, sacrifice yeah like he they stabbed they the body was left there for like two weeks before they found it the body was so mutilated that it actually they were off they didn't realize his actual murder date they determined it to be like three days earlier because it was so bad um and the they they literally like i think i I don't know if it was Ricky's confession or like how they got the information of what happened because it kind of seemed like what they, what truly happened that night to caught like for his murder, yeah. Sort of, you know, was never maybe like positively confirmed, but it seems that um, this I remember this guy's last name was like Troyan or something. 
I'm so bad at remembering names. <laughs> Me too. I had it open. I just keep losing it. Um, bear with me. It's okay. Because they just kept calling him Troyan. And I don't remember his first name. But basically, they they did a bunch of the drugs. And then there seemed to be, um, like, a theft that happened. So, it's right here, it says the conflict between Casso and Lowers had started sometime earlier when Lowers stole... 10 bags of PCP from Castle's jacket after the latter had passed out at the party. Castle confronted him soon after the incident, prompting Lowers to immediately return five of the 10 bags of PCP. Lowers also promised to repay Castle $50 for the five bags of PCP that had been used. Castle reportedly beat Lowers on four occasions. On the night of the murder, he Castle visited the small gazebo in the New Cow Harbor Park and borrowed a radio from a friend. He then invited Lars to get high with him, uh, Troiano and Quinones. I don't know how to say it, the last name, but that's the, the third guy aside from the um, victim. Um, the group walked to Aztecia Woods, set up camp, and ingested several doses or hits of what they believed to be mescaline. That was what it was, mescaline or mescaline. Uh, they... Invested, ingested the purple microdots, and while they were erroneously referred to as mescaline on the street, they were likely LSD. They also smoked oh. several bags of PCP before attempting to start a small fire, um, but all of the available firewood was too wet and would not ignite, so Lars used his socks as well as the sleeves from his denim jacket as kindling to start the fire. Um, so it was after that that the fighting started. It says Caso scuffled with Lars bit him on the neck and stabbed him in the chest. Um, Castle continued his assault on Lars and Quinones. Quinones uh, later claimed that Troiano, oh, it's Troiano, I was saying it wrong, uh, helped, uh, helped Castle and held He Troiano held Lars during the attack. So Castle was attacking him. Um. But then during his subsequent testimony, he provided under immunity that uh, Quinones later claimed that Triano did not assist Caso. So he didn't, like, attack him himself. He just held him, I guess. He kind of doubled that, doubled, like, you know, backtracked on that statement, didn't he? This is what's crazy to me. It says that Lowers was stabbed somewhere between 17 and 36 times. Damn. That's a lot of stabbing. That is a lot of stabbing, but also that's such a broad number. Like, yeah, he was so big, mutilated that they no. cannot tell the difference. It says his eyeballs were possibly sliced out during the stabbing. <laughs> uh, during the attack, Caso allegedly commanded Lars to say, uh, to say you love Satan, and his response instead was, I love my mother, before finally giving in to Caso's demands. After the attack, Casso and Triano covered his body with leaves and small branches and left it in the woods. Aww. And the the murder itself was um I, I think it like for, for Brendan B. Brown, the, the person who wrote Teenage Dirtbag. Yeah. Um it's because he read like Teenage Dirtbag and then he's like, Well, what is a teenage dirtbag? Right? Like he reread Dirtbag and it's like, Well, everybody kinda, you know, would associate Dirtbag with something. Um, but but he he had it like in his head for like four years before he finally wrote it. And then he included that lyric. That's the word. Oh, there, there was like a there was like a huge aspect too about like with the satanic panic when Ricky Castle was arrested. He was wearing an ACDC t uh, the ACDC shirt, and so people were blaming that kind of music for for the reason why he um, was the way he was. So Brendan B. Brown loved ACDC. He you know he loved all the same kinds of bands that Ricky did, and it had nothing to do with you know why he did the, the things he did but at that time 
that was what they thought that, you know, you listen to ACDC and they even said that ACDC, I don't know if this is legitimately what ACDC is supposed to stand for, but I think they said it was like antichrist devil child, like ACDC, like it's obviously like, you know, um, I think it was a convenient acronym, but I don't, I didn't look up if that was genuinely what ACDC was named after, but they were like, well, he, he listened to ACDC. There's, there's your proof right there. That's why he, that's why he's a murderer, but he was a drug running, you know, kingpin 17 year old kid in Long Island. But, um, the murder shook up the town, obviously, um, the, area that Brendan grew up in was actually very violent and so his mom actually sent him an hour away for school every day in a boy in a all boys boarding school not boarding school so a private school type situation and wear like a suit and stuff like that um because that would that was safer so he had like this you know it was kind of like his childhood was stolen from him like his youth was stolen from him that day because he was 10 when it happened and it was a block away from his home in the woods that he played in so for him that was a really clearly um you know unsettling um piece piece of piece of history there and so he kind of had it the teenage dirtbag thing in his head and he included that lyric about um you know the he brings a gun to school like that part Brit. I was just looking at the lyrics. Yeah, so he bring so that that I think was not meant to be just like from those things he was saying. It didn't seem like that specific line was supposed to be in reference to anything, just you know, going along with like, you know, some guy trying to show off something and whatever, being a dirtbag. Yeah. But the album or or the the single I don't I don't I don't remember if it was released as an album or single but but Teenage Dirtbag when they when they finally um, released the final demo and it was like officially out as Teenage Dirtbag it was on the one year anniversary after Columbine it was exactly the one year anniversary after Columbine so everybody's all up in the air about guns and everything. You know, unless they had the right to be, it didn't seem to get better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, because of that, no, the like the 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 song was seemingly going to be a flop because they wouldn't play it on the radio. Walmart wouldn't carry it, even though they had guns literally, you know, three aisles down for sale. They wouldn't carry that album on their shelves because <laughs> it had a line about, um, you know bringing again to school but that was in you know that was one year after Columbine happened like the the world was shaken up it wasn't it didn't matter damn but I mean clearly the the song I mean the song kind of blew up in phases and now it keeps coming back around every now and then and you know, it, a lot of people will kind of use it as like an anthem, like I am a teenage dirtbag and it brings me comfort to have something to relate to. Like a lot of people. I like the song. Way. I like but the I song. But I did not know what it meant. I did not know that it had a dark past, but it does. So the whole song was basically his, um, um, yeah, the whole song was basically his, uh, childhood um feelings oh, for like about, about, about. A dick and he brings a gun to school and he, yeah and he um my ass if he knew the truth and like the name noel i read in one spot i don't know how accurate it is oh, because that's from the, of the kind of school he went to but the name noel i guess was like just his his brother or cousin or something had like a girl named Noelle in her class and he just thought the name was cool because I guess he hadn't heard it often or whatever. So he he just used that name. That's all that means. It's pretty. I like it. But that is the story behind Teenage Dirtbag. It is based not based off of I mean like some people say based off of, but I, I would say inspired by. I don't wanna listen to this song. <laughs> And I was singing it all day, like just like the the one little snippet, 
And 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 like, you know, I just sing it and then Oscar would look really sad and I'm like, I'm not calling you a teenage dirtbag. <laughs> it's just a song. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that would that was my story. That's a good one. Did not I thought it was pretty cool. Learn new things. I know. It's not uh, like you. I I I always thought it was just like a. Well, you know, some an, songs have meaning behind it. So, well, yeah, but you don't expect it to be like a murder. Oh yeah, ADDC is alternating current and direct current. So yeah, they they changed it during the Satanic Panic to be you know. Antichrist, devil, child. 1973 to 1974. Damaged. Oh. <laughs> I don't even think that was the right tune. <laughs> no, that was not. I'm just gonna not sing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he built it off. He built that song off of like one chord. But he 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 admired those bands, and you know they were like. You're a teenage dirtbag if you listen to these bands during the satanic panic because these are the bands that are making people, you know, praise Satan. And, you know, Ricky Castle was a, you know, he was a clear Satan worshiper, obviously. And some, you know, it was either either he killed because he, a, a Satan, like, sacrifice, like some say, but it also kind of just sounds like, he was pissed off at his friend, and it was a convenient reaction for him because it, it there was kind of like um all the all the comments made about him like he was definitely an overreactor and he wanted people to think he was you know erratic and um, chaotic and 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 to be feared and and crazy that was that was the reputation he wanted to have for himself and maybe it was a genuine personality trait for him but he followed through he ended up hanging himself in prison too so <laughs> he he used to say he used to say i guess to his mom i think that death would be like the best high or whatever <laughs> like he said that to his mom it's a little crazy <laughs> yeah but he clearly had he clearly had some stuff going on. Most likely. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And that so, is um, the story of Teenage Dirtbag. Teenage Okay, I'm going to not sing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you're so... You need to at least, like, hear the, the key. <laughs> I want to press to sing or to listen to it, but then it'll... <laughs> Listen to it'll record on this. <laughs> I got two tickets to a weird thing. Yeah, that's the song. Okay, that's it, folks. That Thanks for all. listening. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Um, if you do have any stories of your own that you would love for us to read and talk about Hopefully with you, because that would be yeah, nice. That'd be cool. Uh, you can send them over to ghoulmoregirls at gmail.com. But yeah, if you if you like us, give us a follow. If you have any recommendations for stories or, like I said, any of your own, send them on in. And otherwise, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.